Hello, everyone, and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where young people in Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kim Nyajeka. Today's episode, we discuss becoming in this economy. And yes, that is a reference to Michelle Obama's book, which, for the record, I did not like. I do not enjoy autobiographies in general. But what I did find thought-provoking is how she acknowledged that the decisions that she made regarding her life and career were mostly accredited to her circumstances and she didn't truly figure out what she wanted to do in life until much later on. So in today's episode, my guest and I will be discussing what we've become and how we've become in the context of the Zimbabwean economy and how our circumstances have impacted our life, career, and social choices. Just a quick disclaimer, we were enjoying a nice lunch during the conversation. Recording outside is not the easiest thing, I do not recommend, but it was really great, you know, in the middle of this pandemic to have the opportunity to record with someone in person. So I do hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Please follow the podcast on at In This Economy on Instagram and follow me at Kimya Jeka on Twitter. I'd love to hear your views, your stories and experiences on becoming in this economy. So yeah, let's get into the episode. Today we're discussing becoming in the most Michelle Obama sense of the term with a very special guest, Amanda Sitle Nglobu. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited for our conversation today. I'm really excited to talk to you because we we went to law school together mm-hmm. um, and ever since then I feel like you have blossomed into a very well-rounded lawyer but you have a YouTube, you content create, you're a huge supporter of the music scene in Bulawayo and hopefully here as you get settled in Harare so yeah I thought it would be really great to have a conversation with you today. Thank you, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I'm also really excited um, for us to catch up. Yeah. And also on what you've been doing. Yeah, I'm one of those guests that's going to... I've been doing this. <laughs> this is what I've been doing. I've been podcasting. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, so my first question with becoming in this economy, do you feel that your career options were limited while growing up here in Zimbabwe? I think my answer to that is yes and no. Mm-hmm. No, in the sense that I think I've been lucky enough to know what I wanted to do for a long time and that just happens to fit in quite neatly into the what you're supposed to do Mm. narrative in Zim, which is law. So I'd say um, because of that, I always felt like I had access to that and Mm. I wouldn't say it's excluded, but then I can't run away from how perhaps that even, even that confirmation um, from when I was like five, probably closed um, I was probably close to other things or other skills that I could have picked up and taken but just didn't really get into because you know this was the safer option this was the approved option mm-hmm. so you know getting into I guess more creative pursuits or more you know just something different mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have been able to even think bigger or mm. to think outside of the norm mm-hmm. 
because of the environment of Zim. Mm -hmm. mm. Definitely can relate to that because I can't say I was raised like, oh, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, I always had like, I was always allowed to like dream big. I remember when I was a kid telling my mom that, mom, when I grow up, I want to be a hairdresser. And she was just like, well, you're going to be the greatest hairdresser yeah, there was cool. of all time. You know, that was never an issue. But one of my main priorities was always leaving. Like I always needed to have an option to leave the country. Mm -hmm. And although like there wasn't a lot of information out there about what opportunities there are outside of being like a doctor or having a quote unquote critical skill, I just always thought that I want to do something that could allow me to pivot elsewhere and I feel like that's what limited my career choices mm -hmm. as far as deciding what to do I didn't pick the easiest one to leave like studying law I just anyone listening if you are studying or thinking of studying law you won't leave you can't um, <laughs> or it's hard but um, yeah that's really what motivated what would translate well in a different country so do you think the economic circumstances impacted your career choice once you were an adult? After university, all of those sort of things, did you think, okay, I need to do something that will actually make me money in Zimbabwe or...? In a way, I'm definitely confident that a legal career, uh, um, being in the legal profession, is pretty much a, a safeish kind of way to make okay money. Mm. But I would never advise anyone to do law for money because that's not a great way to make money that's a bad idea mm -hmm. um, it's difficult money it's slow money um, it's not even guaranteed money to mm -hmm. be honest not all lawyers are, are going to be filthy rich the hours you put in and you know the returns are slow so to say it's purely economical I'd be lying but to say that it's it's away from economics is also a lie mm. because in as much as it's difficult there's money um, mm. there's some stability in knowing that there's a path that's been followed there's a way to go through it you don't have to forge the path yourself it's it's a safe option um, which is fair which is fair um, mm. but uh, honestly in the economics of Zim so, nothing is a safe bet yeah <laughs> I feel like sometimes though when I see other people who appear to be making money and I say appear because I don't know what they really do um, whether they are genuinely making that money or not that's always a question in Zim but like for me I sometimes sit down and think of my career choices and because I'm not even going to lie to you money is a very important thing to me mm -hmm. um, and the prospects of being able to make money I sometimes question if I'm in the wrong field because it does feel sometimes like there are people making a lot of money, Amanda, a lot. You are absolutely right. Yeah. And I always say there's two types of clients that I have in Zim. There's those who are um, doing great and those who are complaining. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and no, it's true. Yeah. Um, and there's money to be made. Mm -hmm. In formal professions and jobs, I don't know if mm -hmm. that's where it's at. Mm -hmm. But I'm also not a person who's saying let's all start our own businesses because it's not for all of us. But I would say like if if money and making money and making lots of money is something that's important to you, yeah, you're gonna need to put in time. Mm -hmm. And while knowing what you know and um, having been exposed, I guess, to other professions, whether it's through clients or just friends and things, do you think that part of it takes time to actually get settled or get established and pursue the things maybe our parents had easier access to? Mm -hmm. Do you think in general it just takes time to do it legitimately, even mm -hmm. in the informal sector? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
and I think that's a culture that Zim needs to get back into mm. because you know the the most established the best companies it's it's about consistency it's about mm. long-term growth it's about people who are willing to make sacrifices now mm -hmm. for things that they might not even personally enjoy and mm. i don't think a lot of people are putting that much commitment into whatever it is that yeah. they're building it's like well i want to make money now how are people making money uh mining uh farming this mm. and that you run into these industries that you don't know a lot about um and sure you're gonna make some quick turnovers that are exciting mm. but the risk of losing those things is just as fast mm -hmm. um, and I think everything takes like some time and yeah. discipline to build where it's like look I'm putting money back into the business I know people who are growing businesses and are I don't want to say struggling but are sacrificing a lot in terms of the immediate enjoyment yeah. of somewhat wealth mm. for saying well let me put this back in and try to make something long term but also with the way the economy changes here that could also be a bad idea because yeah. five years from now you could accumulate what you think is a lot of money and we are one nothing. statutory instrument away from it being absolutely you know nothing what I mean? it's a very difficult one to it's grapple with um, because even when I was thinking about this specific episode um, with you having like your formal profession mm -hmm. and then being a content creator like on the side that's a hobby that takes time and takes a lot of energy mm -hmm. and um, it does require consistency if building a following is what you'd want to do. Mm -hmm. So do you think young people in Zimbabwe today can afford to have non-income generating hobbies? Or is it whatever you're doing, even if it's for passion or enjoyment, even to survive? You know, you need to do something and maybe make even mm -hmm. a little bit of money on the side to, on the side to do it. I feel like a non-income generating hobby is a job. Non oh no, sorry, an income generating, generating hobby, hobby is, is a, a job. job. Okay. So if I, for example, really take joy in crocheting and I just want to crochet, must I now have to sell? To be fair, I think it's a balance. You can have a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> but you shouldn't have one without the other, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It depends. Mm -hmm. It really depends, Kim. Mm -hmm. Because the beauty of a hobby is the lack of pressure to, to generate an income or to even make a living from it. And I think that's when it serves you best. Um, mm -hmm. I said to you earlier that I took up playing the guitar purely as a hobby. I, I don't... I don't want to. I don't want to play for people. It's just like, well, no, that's not why I'm doing it. Mm. It's just like something that I find relaxing, um, and sort of stimulating to just have a challenge. Mm. And I think it it helps me in my income generating hobbies <laughs> because I'm becoming a more well-rounded person. I think about other things. I am diversifying. Um, my skills like even just using that side of your brain I'm finding like quite interesting and necessary to to give me some kind of balance in life whereas at the same time if I could generate a different stream of income that is also something that can only be good because we're in a in an environment where the money you make at work is not enough and also having a job it's just not secure enough. I mean, mm. we've gone through a whole panini where people 
lost the meaning of life as they knew it and right now I can't afford to be someone who's sitting and thinking well, I'm gonna have my job forever mm. or I'm going to rely on this job forever because well it's just a matter of a need arising and mm. if it's between me and the owner of the business the owner's gonna downsize me <laughs> you see <laughs> exactly and if you make that your whole life that's dangerous mm. that's dangerous but I also don't want to spend my whole life in the pursuit of money in everything that I do and I get that I completely hear what you're saying uh, for me I look at it you know, I say for me a lot the way I see it um, every time I've had a hobby since I was a kid um, I used to really like making gift bags like the actual bags where you put the gift and my parents were like oh my gosh you should take those to church on Sunday and sell them and I didn't want to do that because I was a pretty shy kid and I didn't want to go up to people asking them to buy my stuff because it would also impact my confidence and my abilities if no one bought one of my gift bags but I just really liked the process of you know mm -hmm. making these little gift bags but I always attached a level of productivity to hobbies and I find a lot of people do that too um, mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine on Twitter actually talk about how she enjoys cooking and it's one of the things that she enjoys doing that she's never monetized most of the hobbies she has have become monetized mm -hmm. so I've always looked at you can't especially now in this economy in Zim but I guess culturally as a generation um, because no one's doing anything to fix the capitalist system they're like no make money where you can if you enjoy doing something try to find a way to make money out of it which makes it kind of exhausting but I also feel like sometimes I can't literally cannot afford not to have a non-income generating hobby not just because I, my job doesn't pay me enough, but also because it's just not productive. Like, what is the point of doing it? Because there's a certain level of, um, I guess, gratification that comes with, I enjoy making these things and I can make money out of it. But guys, when did productivity start to mean money? What? That's a good question. I like that a lot. Because for me, this is what bothers me. Because yeah. it's like, mm, guys, we, We've become this generation that's so obsessed with money. Mm. That's all we talk about. That's all we think about. That's all it comes down to. Mm. Relationships, money. Friendships, money. Mm -hmm. Jobs, money. Mm. What you do with yourself, money. Mm -hmm. Literally what you do with yourself, money. money. Is this making me money? No. Yeah. Could be doing so many other things. Mm. It could be supporting your mental health. It could be supporting your physical health. It could just be, you know, nice. Yeah. Um, but now, if it's not money, we slap it with guilt and, you know, it's yeah. gone off the necessities list because mm. it's not making money. And I think that's wrong. Yeah, but I, I also do think another way we're seeing it now is because of, like, influencer culture. Mm -hmm. You could start posting about what you're doing and living your life and then there's that's a chance true. you could still make money out of it. Mm -hmm. Not to say I stalk you or anything, but, like, when you were really into running... Um, I guess was the beginning of this year mm -hmm. and uh, you would tag where you got your shoes mm -hmm. and a couple of people be in the comments like oh my god give her a sponsorship she mm -hmm. like yeah mm -hmm. she deserves mm -hmm. this she's mm -hmm. like whatever whatever and I feel like that's the mentality we have you're just enjoying running and if you even passively make an income that's great in the form of like free sneakers or actual money that could become a whole other career avenue because I really agree with what you're saying but sometimes I struggle to get out of the whole point of you know not making money out of it because it's also 
it's not easy i respect content creators a lot what they do is not easy that's true but the fact that you are always one instagram post away from some whether it's a scam or a real company being like let's collab or let's send you free stuff or if i come to this place where we're eating right now mm -hmm. every other weekend at some point i'm gonna be like yo guys i come here all the time mm -hmm. like give me a discount we've done a whole ad welcome you know. to the nook nourishment <laughs> nook welcome um, to republic exactly i get it mm -hmm. i get it mm -hmm. i think you're absolutely right but i'm still going to preach have just one thing one thing that's yours you know what i mean because mm. it's so nice where it's just like you know it also reminds you and it grounds you a little bit because sometimes say even with um the instagram stuff and whatever mm. um that's not everyone and that's not for everyone mm. but you start to feel like well you know if i can make some money from doing this and then it becomes a job because now you it's not about the enjoyment anymore mm. now there's a measure of like you know discipline and like you know having to do things a certain way and it just takes away from it being your thing but this is coming from a place where your your primary maybe even secondary sources of income are sort of there already yeah and it's just one of those like well okay so what do you do for you mm. Mm. and i think because in Zimbabwe especially there's so much time that we spend actually getting to do the work like for example we we're talking earlier there's no public transport mm. getting to work is already about an hour of your day or for people who depend on whatever you can call our public transport system people who depend on that it takes a lot longer to get to work you spend a lot of time setting up if your Wi-Fi is down you're calling those people and then you spend so much time working and in your profession i'm sure in a lot of professions you put in a lot of time but there's not a lot of return and then mm -hmm. you get home and you're tired it kind of is like oh i spend so much time doing everything something should come out of it and i think the only thing we've attached in our culture the way we socialize or how we are socialized to see things is that i need to make some more money out of it and that's where the question comes from is that I would like to be able to garden without thinking, oh, I could sell my flowers. But at the same time, can I actually afford to do that? What does that mean, Kim? Can I afford it? Well, I'd need to buy seeds, you know. I would need to buy all the stuff for gardening, and that would take a significant chunk of my income. Well, How much are seeds, Kim? I don't know, Amanda. It's just an example. I think with our money yeah. for lunch and drinks today, mm -hmm. you could buy seeds. True maybe some nice soil fertilizers mm -hmm. as well what's your story then i also want to go out <laughs> we go out so much yeah. and spend so much time on entertainment and lifestyle mm. that i'm not even convinced anymore mm. people just want to look like they have money so i think overall what i'm getting from where our conversation is going is that you cannot have your cake and eat it too you can't want to appear as if you're making money you can't also then have an expense there's some sacrifice that comes with it basically mm. like if you want to go out if hanging out with your friends is important that will be your non-income generating hobby and we sh I guess shouldn't see it as something that's not productive just because it's not making money I think yes you can't have your cake and eat it but i'm just trying to pick out the irony of it and i think um there's something i was listening to a few days back i think in a podcast 
and they were talking about you know this thing of oh, where do you get the time where do you get the time to have a podcast where do you get the mm. time to vlog where do you get the time to do your hobby or you whether income or non-income generating and his perspective was like while well, you make the time mm. you decide what you're going to do with your day if you've decided to commit yourself to say well i'm going to do a podcast we've set aside time you gave me notice we've put time into doing this and the interesting the interesting thing about income is it comes back to you in such intangible ways mm. because sometimes you're adding value to something else through your hobby mm. vlogging i think i can give it as an example when i started doing that it wasn't really to make money but the idea was look i want to be in litigation i want to build my skill of advocacy what do i need to do i need to practice talking i need to practice presenting things and making videos just made sense because it's like well this is an excuse time for me to one hone in on legal skills um you know i'm not going to start talking about the law without doing some yeah, reading recent, and yeah. researching into things that i might not actually do at work but are are good and that stuff brings work mm. or brings value or brings income or brings skills in intangible ways and i think it's productive but you just have to have a healthy relationship with it mm. to know why you're doing it because once you get into this thing of just like i need to make money i need a side hustle i need a side hustle what side hustle can i have mm. i think already your mentality is in a dangerous place mm. and usually the income generating hobbies that are the best are the ones where it's just like look i'm doing this whether there's someone watching me or not mm. i'm doing this whether you're going to pay me to do it or not because i love it and best believe you're going to be really good at doing that mm -hmm. and it will just make money on its own whether yeah. you try to or not i'd like to see a zimbabwe or a zimbabwean youth that's just as concerned about doing things well like to say mm. look cool um i want to start a company sure it's going to make me money of course it's going to make you money mm. but like i want to distinguish myself i'm going to grow herbs but i'm going to grow some damn good herbs mm. and have some consistent as quality and yeah. you know i want to make a good product i want to make a good podcast wanting to create quality of wanting to you know just do something well and it's such a fine line mm. between productivity and just being obsessed with the idea mm. i see this a lot amongst male peers but i guess to be fair the pressure on that side is different and it's a bit more but i think it's destroying us um mentally mm. just our well-being it's a lot it's a lot yeah there's also a high turnover with businesses that start mm -hmm. um in zim because it's all about how quickly you can make money if i'm not making money i'm not successful mm -hmm. but also um the concern with having a high quality of product is also something that speaks to the greater fabric of zimbabwe at the moment mm -hmm. where there is just no concern about what you're producing. We've all experienced terrible customer service. Mm -hmm. Even established companies now, I question like, okay, do you guys actually want my money? Because I want to give you what I've earned, but it's so difficult to do anything. And there generally is just not a concern for excellence. It's just about 
you know, earning or whatever it is. And because we see it in Zim, I know you've just moved to Harare recently, but there are a lot of restaurants, a lot of things that started off really great. And then when it got super popular, the quality of the product, the customer service, the concern for the good name or the reputation of the place just appeared to get lower and lower and lower. Mm. Um, that's taking away from like the whole point of why those things were started. So I, I do think that's a challenging thing to get people to consider. Maybe don't focus so much on the earning potential of this, mm. but like mm. the quality of what I'm doing. Yeah. And I truly believe with those core ingredients, you're gonna make money. It's inevitable. You're uh-huh. going to make money. Yeah. Mm. Because you're running a good business. You're mm. creating a good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You're positive about it. You are, you know, instilling certain values, whether it's in your staff, it's in the culture. Um, whatever you're going to make is just going to blossom. Whether you mm. like it or not, it's going to grow. I know the way I think about things, I think about why it's not going to work. Mm. I've had a couple of friends come to me with business ideas and I haven't been keen. Are you that friend? Yes. I mean, are you the one who bashes it down and yeah, says that's not going to work? I all my thought process always starts from this is why it's not going to work this is why we're not going to make money i think that's a very low thing yeah which is why i don't see myself as a business person mm. because mm. i'm i'm looking straight at risks and yeah immediately what could like, go wrong i know um my best friend came to me and she's like oh we should start doing like a period packaging business mm-hmm. and i actually had to like step back from myself because i'm like well someone tried to do this and they failed and they failed for a reason okay mm-hmm. it's because people aren't going to order this people aren't going to do this it's too expensive it's too this it's too that um and during the conversation i actually had to step back and be like why are you such a negative nancy mm-hmm. you know not even from a philosophical what if it does work but i'm like you're just scared because i don't have an entrepreneurial spirit that i'm always just ready to knock something down because of just looking from other people's experiences looking at the economic environment and just being like no one would want that so i'm not going to participate and now my final question is what do you do to separate your identity from your profession i don't know about you but i get it a lot when i say i'm a lawyer and i went to arundel i'm like oh fazai junior and i'm like like, i hate that i hate that people like oh you're a lawyer so you have this characteristic you're this characteristic or you're genuinely having a conversation with people having a genuine debate and (laughs) do you hear that because i get that Um, a lot and i i don't like it but you'll be having a conversation with people and you add your points like yes i have a profession that requires me to be articulate and i've hone certain skills so I'm gonna express myself in a certain way with like mm-hmm. conviction and all of those things but that's not because I'm a lawyer that's just because that's me like so but but it is though it is mm. Kim we were at Rose together mm. bro there's a fair measure of drilling that we went through that makes us a certain way yeah um, and I think that's been tough for me to accept uh, I can't help being a lawyer in a lot of situations mm. and it's it is me you know mm-hmm. it is me mm. um, and I'm, I'm okay with it I'm okay with it but I don't I do really very much see it as what I do and not who I am mm. and so I get your frustration on that sense with just like once you say oh I'm a lawyer 
um, I don't even like leading with that but then it's just this thing of where if you're around people um, I don't know if this has ever happened to you but I've had people like disclaim mm. where it's like here's a new bunch of people ah oh, this is a man she's a lawyer by the way right. just be careful like one of those where yeah. it's just like be aware I don't know if I've done this on purpose or it's just I don't know happened I don't actually hang out with lawyers a lot I really actively try to separate myself from my profession, mm -hmm. but it just comes out a certain way. When I started thinking about podcasting um, and what my subject matter would be, I wanted to make it like light and fun mm -hmm. because I'm trying to, you know, be like, oh, I'm such a light and fun person. But not that the subject matter will always be serious, but I think critical thinking is just something that's a part of me. Mm -hmm. And I'm always gonna talk about things, maybe not from an educational perspective all the time, but even a simple topic or something as airy-fairy like what we're discussing today, mm -hmm. I'm always going to want to unpack it and look at things from all angles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I completely relate with that. Mm. I feel I already have these um, tendencies that go towards, you know, abstract type of thinking and a lot of reading, researching, thinking about things different ways, problem solving, um, and all those things being in law gives me an expression of those things in a way that's productive. <laughs> um, I get it. And I guess maybe some people just don't like that. Mm. And sometimes for me, it's a genuine effort to understand. Um, to understand. Yeah. You know, and I don't yeah. think we can deny that mm. there's a fair amount of training mm. that has made us this way. Yeah. So forgive me if, if, conversations seem to take that same direction because that's how I make decisions mm. in my life as well I'm mm. going to look at it and think okay what is this really about you know mm. what I mean we are now talking about um, you know how do you separate yourself from the identity of being a lawyer and that's not an easy question to answer we're gonna have to break it down yeah into its bare minimum and then build it up yeah. again and that's fun yeah you yeah. know that's fun no, I get that I do yeah. um, I tend to hang out a lot with creatives um, which has been great and also just like picking up hobbies outside of law I, I do find because as well as spending you know so much time working and um, and I guess this goes for any sort of profession that requires you to to take on certain parts of what that job requires and it becomes part of who you are part of your personality it's just like if you have an accounting friend and you're like oh here's the bill like separate it for us mm -hmm. even though that's not quite what they do um you just assume that they're good with the numbers i'm guilty of that yeah you know um that's something that does tend to happen and i guess separating yourself is difficult when you spend so much time working even though there's a low return it's not easy to have like a completely separate identity from mm -hmm. what you do. So. And I won't lie for the legal profession because, um, you know, it's not something that you advertise or whatever. Mm. Kind of creating a brand around that identity is important. And I must admit that that is something that I have done a bit deliberately because mm. it's not a bad idea for people to know that you're a lawyer if you're a lawyer <laughs> because, you know, yeah. that's what you do mm -hmm. and um, being present in that capacity in a lot of spaces is very helpful well yeah that is interesting I have never thought of it like that 
So Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. Despite the slightly challenging recording circumstances, I think this was a really good conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I've had a really great time. It, um, you know, Zim is tough, the circumstances are tough, the environment is tough. That's the reality for anything and everything that you're gonna do. So pick a thing, pick a thing that you like and deal with it. <laughs> That's yeah. beautiful, thank you so much.